G'day, my name is Daniel, and I'll be um, uh, preaching from that passage. And so if you have outlines that you would have received when you came in, uh, please keep those open. It'll be great for you to, to have that uh, available to you. And uh, you'll see on, on one side there is an outline uh, for what I'm going to say. And so um, it'll be good uh, for you if you want to take notes. That's a good thing for you to do. How about I pray for us as we, um, as we start? Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your word and that we can uh, read it and study it. And so, Father, we do pray that as we, um, as we look at it today, uh, that you would help us to see your truth um, and to live in response to it. Uh, open our ears and our hearts uh, to what you are saying to us in Galatians chapter 5. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, freedom. Freedom. From the earliest of times, freedom has been uh, something that we have been thinking about as humans. Now, if you, for example, um, think about Eastern philosophy in Buddhism, uh, the aim of Buddhism is to get to Nirvana. And what is Nirvana? I checked trusty Wikipedia and it said Nirvana is a state of freedom. Freedom from suffering and freedom from rebirth. Freedom. That's in Eastern thinking. Now, if we head west, uh, we think about the French Revolution. What, were the, what was the motto of the French Revolution? Here's my French. Uh, liberté, égalité, fraternité. <laughs> Thank you. Mercy, mercy. Um, freedom, equality, and brotherhood. Freedom. Now those words, uh, particularly freedom, ha- has um, per- pervaded our world. And so if you think uh, about the United Nations and the uh, Article 1, the first article of the Declaration of Human Rights, what does it say? Let me just read to you the first sentence. All human beings are born free, free and equal. So philosophically, politically, uh, freedom, it's a key consideration in human thought. Uh, And it's not just something that that we think about in the past, uh, not just something from history, it's also present. Just a few weeks ago, we celebrated Anzac Day, which was celebrating the freedom that people fought for, um, for the people who died, for our freedom. Um, Freedom is a big deal. It's it's relevant to us today. Um, It's political, it's philosophical, it's international, it's social. Freedom pervades everything we do. And this one's for for some of the musos in our room, even in pop culture. Uh, If you think about the great philosophers Mick Jagger, And Keith Richards, what did they say? (laughs) I'm free to do what I want any old time. I'm free to do what I want any old time. Freedom was important uh, in the the past. Uh, Freedom is important now. And freedom was key and it was important to the Galatians. Um, That's the book that we're studying now. And it's it's what we're looking at in chapter 5, freedom. Now... um, if you, you can see it in, in the first verse of Galatians. If, if I read to you from verse 1, let me, um, let me read to you that. Christ has liberated us into freedom. Therefore, stand firm and don't submit again to the yoke of slavery. That's what we are looking at today as we study Galatians. Um, in a world that is desperate for freedom, uh, where we can sing about it, uh, where we can... Um, wh- what's that word when you... Um, Go and rally. You rally for it in, in the French Revolution. You revolution for it. Um, what is freedom all about? What is Christian freedom? Uh, that's, what we're, that's what we're looking at today. Now, over the weeks, we've been looking through Galatians. And throughout the book of Galatians, we've seen a whole bunch of opposites. Uh, we've seen that we either live by the Spirit 
or by the flesh. We've seen that we are either child of the promise or a child of slavery. Uh, We've seen that we can either be justified by faith in Christ or we can fail and be enslaved to the law. Um, And what Paul is doing in chapter 5 is he's applying all these principles, all these dualities, all these opposites uh, to the specific Galatian um, context. And what we see is that the Galatians, uh, they were returning back to the law. They were returning back to the old way because there were some false teachers who were were gathering around them and telling them to get circumcised. Let me read to you from verse 2. Take note. I, Paul, tell you that if you get circumcised, Christ will be of no benefit to you at all. Now, the problem with getting circumcised, the reason why this is an issue, is that if you follow one bit of the law, get circumcised, you have to follow the whole law. That's what verse 3 says. Again, I testify to every man who gets circumcised that he is obligated to keep the entire law. And so, if you are trusting in the law, you're not really trusting in Jesus. Um, You're not trusting in his gift or his grace for salvation. That's what verse 4 talks about. Verse 4. You who are trying to be justified by the law are alienated from Christ. You have fallen from grace. Now this is different. This is very different to the true gospel that we have heard throughout the book of Galatians. Um, The true gospel says that we are declared declared right, we are justified by faith alone, not by works of the law. Let me show you from verse 5. Let's read verse 5. For by the Spirit we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness from faith. Verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accomplishes anything. What matters is faith working through love. Now, although it is faith working through love, that is, that is what matters. There were false teachers then, just as there are false teachers now, and they teach to the contrary, and they misled the Galatians, and they misled, mislead people today. And Paul, Paul speaks to them. He speaks to the Galatians in verse 7, saying, Christian, brothers and sisters, you were running well. Who has prevented you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from him who called you. You see, Paul's concern for the Galatians was that there were a few false teachers who were misleading everyone. That's what verse 9 is about. Verse 9. A little yeast leavens the whole lump of dough. There are a few people who are pervading everyone's thought and misleading them. Paul trusts that God will deal with them, um, the leaven, the false teachers, and we see that in the following verses. Um, but despite what these false teachers are saying, Paul is unshakable. He is certain. He is firm on the centrality of Jesus on the cross. And we see that in verse 11, that he trusts that God will keep his chosen people. Um, and that leads us back to our question then. God's chosen people, people who are um, Freed. What does it look like for us to be freed? That's our question for today, isn't it? What does it look like for a Christian to live a free life? Now, I think Paul says three things about freedom, and you can see them in your outline. I'll put them up on the screen now. Um, First of all, a life of freedom is loving others. Secondly, a life of freedom is not carrying out the desires of the flesh. And thirdly, a life of freedom is a life by the Spirit. 
So we're at point number one. A life of freedom is loving others. Let me show you where I get this from. It's in verse 13. It's throughout the whole chapter, actually. But let's look at verse 13. For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. We, Christians, we are called to be free. We use our freedom to serve others in love. That is what our freedom looks like. Now, you might have spotted a problem with this. Um, we're talking about freedom. We're talking about it in contrast to slavery. But Christian freedom is serving others in love. Isn't that a bit of a contradictory? Don't you think that's uh, a bit weird that if, if we use our freedom from slavery to serve other people, that doesn't make sense? How, how does Paul deal with that? I think if we keep reading in verse 14, um, we can see the answer to the question. In verse 14, Paul explains why we serve each other. You see, the slavery that Paul has been talking about is slavery, um, is a slavery that we've seen throughout the whole book, and that is, it's a slavery to the law. Being enslaved, being burdened by the law, trying to earn our own justification, to make ourselves, make ourselves right. That is what the slavery that we are free from is. And so Christians, Christians who are free, no longer are slaves to this law. And so free service, love, is not about doing the law. Let me show you from verse 14. Um, verse 14. The entire law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I want to draw your attention particularly to the word fulfilled. Fulfilled. Free Christian service comes out of a law that is fulfilled. Uh, it's something that has already been done. And it is in contrast to obeying a law. It is in contrast to doing the law. Fulfilled means that the law has finished. It has reached its peak. It has been completed. Um, let me try and explain this to you. Um, have you ever had a craving? I, I often get cravings. I often um, have very strong desires for frozen Cokes. Frozen Cokes. And when I have a craving for a frozen Coke, all of a sudden I don't want to eat anything else. I don't want to uh, drink anything else. I, all my desires are all for frozen Coke. I really want a frozen Coke. And I go around thinking, where is the closest 7-Eleven? Where is the closest Macca's? I need a frozen Coke. Um, and that's all I can think about when, when I have that craving, when I have that desire. Now, when that gets fulfilled, all of a sudden, my relationship to that craving, my relationship to that desire changes. I no longer am enslaved to where is the closest place I can get a frozen Coke. All of a sudden, instead of that, I have a calm. I am relaxed. And, and my fulfilled craving, my fulfilled desire is enjoyment and satisfaction. And I can say, ah, oh, it's delicious. <laughs> and so, um, when we consider the law, and as we consider the law that is fulfilled, just as my craving gets fulfilled, um, things change. Our relationship to the law changes. No longer does it, does it enslave us. No longer does it burden us. Uh, all of a sudden, it is fulfilled, and we can, um, we can serve one another. We can love one another. And so the freedom, the burden of the law is lifted. And so we are freed 
to live out the fulfilled law by serving one another through love. So point one we've been looking at, uh, Christian freedom is loving one another, serving one another. And now we're going to be at point two, a life of freedom is not carrying out the desires of the flesh. Um, What is Christian freedom not? It is not carrying out the desires of the flesh. And where do I see that? Where do we see that? We see that in verse 16. Please read along with me from verse 16. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh uh, are against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so you don't know what you want. The desires of the flesh are totally opposed to the desires of the Spirit. Desires of the flesh are totally opposed to the desires of the Spirit. Now, what does Paul mean by flesh? He means the human nature. He means um, our our weak and tainted nature um, that is is scarred by sin, that is um, stained by sin. And so flesh in us is us apart from Jesus Christ. And to help us understand what uh, what it looks like to live by the flesh to um, to yeah uh, Paul explains in verse 19 what the works of the flesh are he lists out a whole list of things let me read to you the list from verse 19 and um, the acts or the works of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality impurity and debauchery now these three things that we've looked at we just heard they're sexual misconduct using sex in a way that is different to God's intention that is not free living. Now, if I keep reading, verse 20, some more acts of the flesh, idolatry and witchcraft. These two are about false gods. It's not living for the one true God. Let's keep reading. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy. That's all not loving other people. It's not living well toward other people. Keep reading. Drunkenness, orgies. These are losing your self-control. Giving in to your selfish, fleshly desires. Now the world that we live in, the world around us, tells us that freedom is about being able to choose whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it. That's what Mick Mick Jagger said. I'm free to do what I want any old time. Having sex whenever you want. Worshipping whoever you please. Uh, Looking out for yourself as number one in the world. Doing whatever you want. Chasing your dreams. It's okay if you lose control. That's fine. You can do what you want. That is freedom. That's what the world tells us. That's what the songs tell us. Uh, I know some of us have been doing surveys in the last few days. And that's what the surveys have told us. I've found people say, freedom is doing what I want, whenever I want, however I want. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says, actually, if you live according to the flesh the flesh that way you're actually not free at all life um, where you follow the desires of your flesh is in contrast to the free living that we have in the spirit and so um, this freedom that the world tells us about where you do whatever you want where you live according to your flesh where you, 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 you live to your own desires what Paul says actually is that it's the same that results in the same thing as a life burdened by the law. How is that so? How is it that both um, living freely to the flesh, freely to the flesh, 
um, and living burdened to the law is the same thing? Well, it's because they both lead to no inheritance in the kingdom of God. That's what we see uh, at verse 18. We've seen over and over and over again throughout Galatians that trying to earn our salvation by doing works of the law leads to death. And now what we see today as well is that living according to our flesh is also the same slavery. And in verse 21, it tells us, at the end of verse 21 it says, um, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, let me try and explain to you this, this duality, this how the, both sides are the same thing. Um, trying to earn your way into, like, let's think of it in terms of um, riding a bike. Let me put up a picture of someone riding a bike. There we go. Riding a bike, beautiful thing. Uh, I love riding. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> in a suit. Yeah, in a suit. Um, okay, so you think about riding a bike, uh, and you're trying to get to a destination, uh, but instead of looking up and instead of pedaling, Imagine you're doing that and you're looking down at your feet and you're making sure that the wheel's spinning and, and that the brakes are working and what's going to happen then if you're not doing that? If, if, if that's what you're doing instead of looking ahead and riding, you're going to fall over. That's like doing works of the law. Um, whatever you do, uh, as, as you're not concentrating on your riding, you're looking at other bits of riding and you're trying to figure things out, you're going to fall over. Um, and, um, and so you don't actually get anywhere. Um, likewise, if you start moving and you go, oh, actually, I'm getting this thing right. I'm, I'm, this is going well. I'm free. I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. And you, do, and you go, ah, it's okay. I can close my eyes and let go. What's going to happen? You're going to fall over as well. Both ways. You're going to fall over. And so whatever you do, um, if you're trying to work out your own salvation and get somewhere, or if you, if you just let go and you, you just do whatever you want, you're going to fall off the bike. And in both ways, you're living to the flesh. You're enslaved, just as Paul says in Galatians. And so we Christians, we need to be aware of the freedom that the world tells us about and that it is not true freedom. Liberal sex is not freedom. Losing your self-control and getting drunk is not freedom. There are many things that Paul points out um, that the world tells us of freedom, but actually the Bible clearly shows us is not freedom. And so I want to encourage you to consider if there are fleshly desires, if there are things that you are pursuing in your life that you need to stop pursuing because they are not freedom. That's one of the questions that Paul asks us today. Okay. We've seen um, a couple of things. First of all, we've seen that... Um, Christian freedom is to serve one another in love. We've also seen that Christian freedom is not living out the desires of the flesh. And now we're at point three. A life of freedom is a life by the Spirit. The question we ask is, how do we freely love each other? How do we do that? And I think the answer in verse three, some of, uh, in point, at point three, some of, the, some of you would have already spotted it. The answer is, um, we live and we love one another if we live by the Spirit. Uh, a life of freedom is a life of the Spirit. In verses 16 and 17, uh, we saw that the desires of the Spirit oppose the desires of the flesh. Uh, and if we keep reading in verse 18, the alternative life, um, the alternative to life under the law or life under flesh 
is life by the Spirit. Let me read to you verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, I hear some of you asking, because I can hear some of you asking, how does living by the Spirit help us love one another? What's the connection between those two things? How does living by the Spirit help us to love one another? Well, the answer to that, I think, is in verse 22, where Paul lists the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, in this list, Paul is using a, a, a metaphor or an illustration to explain what's going on. He calls these characteristics, love, joy, peace, and so on, he calls them fruit. Now, imagine you have an apple tree, uh, and uh, what, what, what's going to grow on it? Are grapes going to grow on it? No. Are oranges going to grow on it? No. This is a fun game I like to play with Elijah. It doesn't work. Um, <laughs> do apples grow on it? Yes, apples grow on an apple tree. That's right. Why? Because you expect um, a tree to bear fruit according to what it is. It's quite, quite a simple idea, isn't it? Now, if you notice, if you look at the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control, these are all qualities of God. Aren't these all characteristics of God? Can't you say that God is loving, that God is joyful, that God is peaceful, that God is patient, He is kind, God is good, He is faithful, God is gentle and self-controlled? And so, these are the qualities um, that people who walk by God's Spirit uh, should expect to bear. These are the fruit that you should expect to come out of people who follow God. And so, how does this help us love others? Well, if you notice the very first fruit of the Spirit, what is that? It is love. And that is a key characteristic of God, love. That is how living by the Spirit, bearing God's, um, the fruit of the Spirit, exhibiting God's characteristics, that is how it helps us to serve one another through love. Just as God has served and loved us, so we who walk by His Spirit will love and serve others. Okay, so tonight we've seen a few things. We've seen that a Christian life is all about freedom. We have seen that a life of freedom is loving one another in service. It is not carrying out the desires of our own flesh, um, it is because if you pursue the desires of your own flesh, that is the same mistake as trying to make yourself right by following God's law. And the third thing we have seen is that a life of freedom is a life of the Spirit. We, we love and serve one another by living by God's Spirit. And so, uh, the direction of our freedom, as we think about our original question, what is Christian freedom? The direction of our freedom is outward. It is loving other people. And we use our freedom to love others and to serve others. The way that we love and serve one another is by bearing this bearing fruit of God's Spirit. It is powered, our love for others is powered by God's Spirit. And so to finish up tonight, um, I think there are two ways that Paul encourages us to live by the Spirit. And I want to um, pose these, I want to raise these two ways to you as questions, two questions. Firstly, from verse 24. You can read with me from verse 24. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now we ensure 
um, we live by the Spirit by crucifying, by putting to death um, the life of flesh, the sinful desires that we have. And so my first question to you tonight is, what fleshly desires do you need to put to death in your life? What fleshly desires do you need to put to death in your life? And my second question that I think Paul raises for us in verse, is in verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. We've seen that true freedom is found in living a life by the Spirit. A life by the Spirit bears fruit in God's character. Uh, it follows God's Spirit. And so, uh, my question, my second question is, how are you following God? How are you living by the Spirit? How are you um, understanding God's characteristics and who God is and following Him? They're my two questions for you today. Respect.